You're listening to Myths and Morals, a podcast focused on retelling of ancient stories, complete with their fascinating characters, intricate plots, and dramatic scenes that span the entire spectrum of the human experience. You'll hear tales of love, loyalty, betrayal, revenge, and more from epics that have endured thousands of years. My name is Girish, and I'll be your host. They say that if you love someone, you should let them go, in hopes that they'll come back to you someday. But how much pain are you willing to endure meanwhile? And is it worth it? This is the story of Kannagi, a woman full of compassion and forgiveness, even in the face of cruel betrayal. But there's only so much disappointment a heart can take. In this episode, we explore the tragic consequences of promises broken, but not for who you would think. Kannagi is the protagonist of one of the earliest documented Tamil epics called Silapadigaram, Tale of an Anklet, which is a poem composed by Ilango Vadigar that's roughly about 5,700 lines. This literary masterpiece is set in Pukhar or Pumbukhar, a seaport city under the rule of the Chora kingdom in southern India. A wealthy merchant named Masatwan arranged for his son Kovalan to marry Kannagi, the daughter of another merchant named Manaigan. Though the couple were really young when they got married, they truly enjoyed each other's company and were happily married for several years, living a healthy and wealthy life. One day, a beautiful and talented dancer named Madhavi was scheduled to perform in the royal court of the king. She had been training for this her whole life, studying folk and classical dance from the best teachers in the Chora kingdom. With her perfect postures, beautiful expressions, and amazing choreography, she impresses everyone, including the king, who then awards her the highest honor of the land for an artist, plus 1,008 gold pieces and a beautiful green garland. Madhavi's mother announced that her daughter will marry the man who buys that fancy green garland for 1,008 gold pieces. For some reason, Kovalin was intrigued and impulsively bought the garland. following which he went to madhavi's house upon seeing him madhavi instantly fell in love kovalan too was stunned by her beauty and lost his moral compass as he decided to abandon his sweet and innocent wife so that he could spend the rest of his life with the dancer kannagi unaware of her husband's betrayal grew anxious waiting for him to return she missed him terribly and prayed for his safety but there was no sign of him Days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months, and months turned into years. She began to descend into a severe depression, fearful that he would never come back. To add to her misfortune, Madhavi's mother, without Madhavi's knowledge, used Kovalan's ring to trick Kannagi into giving up his wealth, leaving her with nothing. Madhavi and Kovalan, meanwhile, continued on with their happy lives and soon had a baby girl named Manimegale. they lived happily together in their own little world or so madhavi thought one day as kovalan and madhavi sat on the seashore kovalan sang a song warning men about the dangers of being mindlessly attracted to beautiful women madhavi in return sang a song about men who make women suffer by breaking their promises 
and how men are not to be trusted. Listening to her song, Kovalan realized that he had made a huge mistake by betraying Karnagi, and the guilt that had been slowly brewing inside of him burst into the open, filling his mind with sorrow and shame. Without another moment of hesitation, he left his mistress and began the journey back to his wife. Madhavi was heartbroken and wrote Kovalan a letter begging him to come back to her. She asked her friend Vasandamale to find Kovalan and hand him the letter in person. But when Vasandamale found him in the market and told him of Madhavi's sorrow, he refused to accept the letter and told her that he regrets falling for the dancer. Kovalan returns home only to find that the years of depression and anxiety he had caused Kanagi had taken a toll on her. Her body was withered and weak and Kovalan regretted everything he had done to her. He apologized for his actions, but he couldn't undo the choices he had made. He had spent all his wealth lavishly on Madhavi and was now completely broke. The weight of his shame rested heavily on his heart and he expected Kanagi to reject him. To his surprise, however, Kanagi forgave him because she was just happy to finally be with her husband again after so many years. The couple now had an opportunity to start a new life together. Kanagi asked her husband to go sell her anklets so that they could start a new business. Kovalin was moved by her kindness and asked her to go with him to the city of Madurai where he would start a new business and build back all the wealth he lost. The journey there was difficult, being a dangerous trek of 300 miles, and Kanagi was almost too weak to make the trip. But Kovalin was committed to leaving their life in Pumbuhar behind. Soon after leaving, they were joined by a Jain saint named Kavandiyadigar, who disapproved of Kovalin's decision to bring his poor wife on such a perilous journey. But nevertheless, she decided to join them as she wanted to go to Madurai too. The trip was physically exhausting for all three of them as they walked for days through fields and gardens. They saw farmers singing songs as they plowed their land, priests offering prayers, women making garlands and more. And they kept walking until they came across an old brahmana in a flower garden who was there to offer his prayers to Lord Vishnu. Kovalan asked him for the quickest way to get to Madurai. The brahmana said there were three roads they could take. The one on the right will cut through a jungle in which there's a hunter settlement. There's also sugarcane fields, paddy fields, coconut trees, mango trees, etc. on the side of the mountain that you'll have to walk around to reach Madurai. The one on the left is filled with secret caves and ponds guarded by yakshinis or demonesses who will ask you riddles that you'll need to answer correctly to get through. Or you could take the middle road, but you will likely meet the forest god who likes to mess with people. If you can get past him, you will get to Madurai quickly. Kaundiyadigal, the saint, recommended that they take the middle road to reach their destination quicker and they thanked the brahmana before resuming their journey. One day, after walking for many miles, they decided to rest by the roadside where Kovalan found a pond. As he was about to quench his thirst, he saw Madhavi's friend Vasandamale sobbing. Confused, he asked her what she was doing there. She said Madhavi had accused her of messing up the simple task of delivering a letter to Kovalan and had kicked her out. As she stood there, helpless with tears rolling down her cheek, Kovalan felt sorry for her. 
but his instinct warned him that something wasn't right. That's when he remembered the Brahmana's warning about the forest god playing tricks on people. He warned Vasandamale that he was about to recite a mantra that would punish her if she wasn't who she claimed to be. She immediately transformed into the forest god and apologized to Kovalin and promised to leave him alone. Kovalin went back to his wife and noticed that she had suffered the most during their journey. Her feet were swollen red and her temperature spiked. His guilt grew as she continued to suffer silently because of his decisions. He proposed they travel at night and rest during the day. The next day, a man named Kosigan from Pumbuhar approached Kovalin and told him that his father and mother missed him terribly and that they had been looking for him everywhere. Madhavi also had fallen sick from loneliness and had stopped performing. Kosigan then handed Kovalin a letter from Madhavi in which she expressed her deep regrets over her actions and how she felt sorry for Kovalin's parents. Though he understood Madhavi's sincere remorse, he had already come too far to go back now. He asked Kosigan to show Madhavi's letter to his parents and asked them to forgive him for the pain he had caused them. His mind was set on starting a new life with Kandagi in a new city and nothing was going to stop him. They reached the outskirts of Madurai and could already feel its vibrant energy. The big temples, the sound of beaten drums, the flags. They knew they were not far away from the land of the Pandya king Nedinjirian. Kovalan asked Kaundirigal to look after Kannagi and he went to check out the big city. He was spellbound by everything he saw there. The busy streets, the merchants, the artists, the traders selling gold, gems, flowers, clothes and more. All that buzzing activity was a good sign of a thriving economy. Kovalan then returned to Kannagi and Kaundirigal and told them about what he saw. The positive vibes of the city were beginning to take the edge off of his guilt as he was starting to feel slightly optimistic for their future. The time had come for Kaundirigal to leave them and she advised Kovalan to let a local old woman named Madari, who was righteous and sympathetic, to take care of him and Kannagi. Kaundirigal was going to stay in an ashram with old ascetics and she knew that it was not the right place for a young couple. Kovalan and Kannagi thanked the saint for her help and followed Madari to her home, where they were treated like important guests. Madari's daughter Aye helped Kannagi with errands and Kannagi herself cooked for Kovalan. Though Kannagi had forgiven him, Kovalan's guilt made him feel like he was trapped in an invisible cage. He told Kannagi that his parents would be upset if they saw how weak their daughter-in-law had become after walking hundreds of miles in the heat of peak summer. He apologized to her again for cheating on her and putting her through all this misery. Kannagi tried to make him feel better and assured him that it was time to move on. But her kindness only made him feel worse, even though he was grateful for it. The next day, with Kannagi's permission, he took one of her anklets and went to Madurai to sell it, where he met a goldsmith who worked for the royal court and asked him if he was interested in purchasing the anklet. Kovalan was unaware, however, that the goldsmith had recently stolen an anklet from the queen that looked just like the one Kovalan was trying to sell. Fearful of getting caught for his crime, the goldsmith saw an opportunity. He asked Kovalan to wait at his house while he went to the court and told the king that the man who stole the queen's anklet was at his house. 
The king was furious and ordered his soldiers to retrieve the anklet and kill the thief. The soldiers followed the goldsmith to his house, but when they saw Kovalin, they doubted he was a real thief. The goldsmith begins to panic and tries to convince the soldiers to kill Kovalin immediately without giving him a chance to speak. Kovalin has no idea what's going on, and before he could say anything, one of the soldiers who was drunk got impatient. He charged at Kovalin and stabbed him to death. Kanagi's friend came to her running and crying and told her about Kovalin's murder ordered by the king. Kanagi froze. She couldn't process what she had just heard. She grabbed her other anklet and stormed into the city. The people began to worry because of the bad omens that began to appear as Kanagi ran through the streets screaming her husband's name. When she came upon the dead body of Kovalin, she became hysterical. She had begged him not to leave her again. And though he had done everything to keep his promise to her, he had in fact left her again. As his body lay there still and cold, Kanagi's fury erupted like a volcano as she marched to the palace of the king and demanded to see him. When the guards let the king know about the situation, the king told them to let her in. Kanagi walked furiously into the assembly and accused the king of grave injustice. for what he did to her husband the unfazed king told her that her husband was a thief and deserved to die explaining how the anklet kovalin had been trying to sell matched the one that went missing from his queen's room the queen's anklet the king said was filled with pearls kanagi replied that the anklet kovalin had could not have been the queen's anklet because it was hers and was filled with red gemstones the king ordered his attendants to bring the anklet that they had seized from kovalin and placed it in front of Kanagi. She grabbed it and flung it onto the floor with such force that it burst open, spilling red gemstones everywhere, one of which bounced off and hit the king in the face. Everyone in the court was shocked as the king fell to his knees, appalled at his own hasty decision of having ordered the execution of an innocent man. Overcome with shame and embarrassment, He collapsed to the floor and died. Driven by guilt, his queen also dropped dead immediately right next to her husband. Maybe Kanagi's wrath would have been satisfied by their deaths, but she was unaware of it. So she continued to curse the king and the queen, and with the fire of righteous indignation raging in her heart, she put her right hand on her chest and literally rips off her left breast and flings it at the city, which sparks a huge inferno. but she commands the god of fire to spare the innocent and burn down the rest of madurai to ashes tired and exhausted kanagi wandered aimlessly through the smoke and fog sometimes standing motionless while staring into the distance she had nowhere to go no one to love and nothing to live for finally god madurapati appeared in front of her and told her that she would join her husband in heaven in 14 days she left the city and spent the next two weeks walking along the banks of vaigai river and climbed up a hill where she would once again patiently wait for her husband's arrival except this time she didn't have to wait too long on the 15th day accompanied by the demigods kovalin descended from the blue skies in a beautiful chariot to pick up his wife he embraced her showered her with flowers and took her back to heaven with him 
where they would stay together forever. The real tragedy in the story is that Kanagi's only fault was being the perfect wife. She sincerely loved her husband, she trusted him and faithfully executed all her wedding vows. What Kovalan did to her was unconscionable and inexcusable. And even though he helped a lot of people in the past, when he became a sinner, none of those good deeds mattered. Not even the ones where he put his own life at risk to save others. I guess betraying and abandoning his loving wife ultimately proved to be too big of a sin for fate to ignore. And even if you subscribe to this theory that Kovalin's unjust murder was a fitting punishment for his betrayal, you cannot ignore the fact that his death ends up hurting Kannagi, in fact more than his extramarital affair. And sadly, yet unsurprisingly, as is the case in our society, it's the woman who tragically ends up being the victim again. However, the most important thing to remember is that when Kannagi was about to set the whole city on fire, she was still thoughtful enough to ask the god of fire to protect the innocent from perishing. In fact, the only people who had survived the inferno were the righteous, the children, the disabled, and the elders. And that's how Kannagi should be remembered. That's how she deserves to be remembered, not for her chastity or quote-unquote purity, but for her strength her patience, her resilience, and her compassion for people she had never even met. She may have been a great wife, but she was a better human being. And that's why, to this day, she's revered as a hero in the Tamil culture. Well, that's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to help us out, tell your friends about the show. Also, visit mythsandmorals.com for more content and follow us on social media at Myths and Morals. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.